Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Midgar Minute. We've got another exciting episode for you today. But my man Chris, yo yo, what's yo. going on with you, my man? How you doing? Oh, I'm living the dream, as the <laughs> as they say, as the people who want to die <laughs> every day want to say. Oh, you know, bro, just living the dream. <laughs> you know, man, just fucking shaka. Living the we, dream, bruh. We all, we, all, we all know this guy. But we've got another episode of the Midgar Minute for you where we're going to break down Chapter 4, which, again, like Chapter 3, is another meaty one. Yeah, and honestly, uh, in, in doing kind of re-familiarizing myself with it for this episode, um, might be another one of my favorite, uh, my, definitely at least in the top five of my favorite chapters in this game. Top three, yeah. even. You know, it, it, it's definitely up there for me because I feel like this is the chapter that I almost premeditated pre-release because I knew we were going to mm. get to know Avalanche better. I knew that was part of this, that we were just going to get yeah. to know Avalanche better. Mm. And I feel like this was the chapter where they really laid them on you. Yes, this was this was definitely the like, hey, here who these here's these people. Here's what they're all about. And you kind of I mean, you learn a little bit. Obviously, it's a little bit more centered on Jesse specifically, but you, you learn a lot about Biggs and Wedge. You, you know, and you of, bond with them. That's yeah. kind of that's what I feel. I feel like this was a big bonding because like Cloud and Jesse had already had their back and forth and built chemistry at this point. Right. So while Chapter four really filled us in on Jesse's backstory it allowed it also allowed us to bond with Biggs and Wedge like them yes. sharing that information with you knowing it was sensitive information and Cloud mm -hmm. expressing that he wanted to know it cuz like i i think i caught that he eggs Biggs on to tell him about it yes he um, does and and yeah i was going to say that um this was kind of the first sort of unraveling of you know Cloud you know kind of becoming a little bit softer around the edges well, i you know, think he this just is wants the, friends yeah, and you know it's it's funny how you know you take that kind of sort of almost throwaway line from the original that uh, it's Wedge that says that to you, right? Yeah, in Wedge the, says uh, it to in you. the hideout. Yep, and uh, yeah, it, it kind of sort of envelop that into a whole entire chapter and create this sort of uh, you know this whole entire experience out of it. Um, well, I want to say I think this chapter is a good example of something Square Enix has actually been doing right at least since Final Fantasy 15, mm -hmm. and that's letting the characters kind of bro out, you know? Yeah. You know, letting them kind of Let interact with each other people. loosely. <laughs> like not exactly be actual fucking people. Like I I, I hate it when a, a script has characters saying things that they need to say to move the plot forward. You know, right. it's like, "Oh, the character is saying this because we have to move the story forward." Whereas yeah, and, with this chapter, while there is some of that, obviously, like we learn a lot about Wu Tai later down the line, we'll get into yeah. that. But there's a good portion of this chapter that just lets Wedge, Biggs, and Cloud be themselves. Like there's a point where we stop walking so Wedge can pet the fucking cats on the street. And it's yeah. just like little details like that, just they make it seem like a genuine experience. Like we had to stop walking so Wedge could pet these cats and Biggs can continue to tell Cloud about Jesse. Yeah, and it's, you know. When you think about, you know, because Avalanche in the original game were, you know, more or less just kind of there, you know, they just kind of filled up space almost and they didn't really have that much going on. But, you know, now we can sort of flesh it out a little bit more. And like you said, kind of like, let them let them just I want to. And that's what I wanted the most out of this game was like just seeing these characters sort of 
be people and be characters and kind of just live in their world and kind of, you know, get a better idea of who they are instead of just being like, oh, yeah, that was uh, one of the heaps of polygons that helped me before, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, kind of making, you know, kind of taking you and Cloud on this sort of like, oh, like, yeah, these good, these people are actually good people that I want to be associated with. You know, obviously, like, we as the player kind of know that they're good people, but, you know, you kind of, you know, if your only prior knowledge of them was from the original, you know, you're like, yeah, they're decent people, but they're just kind of there, you know? They are they don't really have much of a personality in the original. Much of a personality or even a reason a to be fighting, you know? Yeah. It's like, in the original, we didn't know why these characters wanted to fight. We didn't know yeah, what their they were, fight they was were just about. There. Yeah, they were just yeah. there. I mean, and look, and look, to set that, that's not a bad thing, right? Like the no, players, no, no, no. the players' imagination can fill that in if they want to. But it was nice to see them explore this side of these characters. Um, I, I guess we could just start talking about, you know, the the bike mission, right? If we wanted to start getting into yeah, this chronologically, which, I mean, pretty much, yeah. The the chapter kind of starts off right where the last one ends, and uh, you know, you're supposed to be going on this mission uh, mission with Jesse to go up to the the plate and it's supposed to be just cloud and jesse but then obviously you quickly find out that uh biggs and wedge are like yeah we know what you're up to and they totally do slash don't which is weird because it's like and initially they are like you know yeah oh you want to go up to see your parents who live on the plate right and she's like yep and then she says like that's not why i want to go though (laughs) to cloud and then they kind of just roll along with it anyway (laughs) When you well, do I get... think I was gonna say I think one of the things I liked um, was they were like, "Yeah, you've been acting funny lately," and Biggs is like, "Don't even get me started on the pep," which is interesting. <laughs> it's like, oh, so the Jesse I've known all this throughout the first yeah, three chapters. She's, of this she's game, not that, that much of a tryhard. Yeah, it's like, oh, she's not this. normally exactly right. It's like, oh, you're not normally like that. You know, there's there's something drumming you up, yeah. obviously. And um, yeah, but I thought uh, that was something cool aside too. from Cloud, maybe. You know? exactly exactly and i think it was just it shows how well these three characters know each other because like for all yeah. we know they could have just been a group of ragtags that were recruited but now we're yeah. seeing like wow like these people, real, they, they have history together they have history they're connected on a deep level they're able to know when jesse's acting funny it's it was a nice again nice little detail that speaks to your point of you know we want to see these characters just be people and those dialogue exchanges, like at the beginning of the chapter, prime example of that. Yeah, and you know, and you kind of see it a little bit in the in the very beginning of the game uh, when you're doing the bombing run, and you, you know, uh, Jesse and Biggs kind of are going back and forth, and like you kind of see little glimpses of it. But this is definitely a more of a confirmation of like, okay, these guys have been doing this for you know, we don't know of how long they've been doing it. It you know, they probably not a long period of time. Like, and I feel like, you know. Jesse, I feel like would at least maybe be one of the newer members, at least because you kind of figure out almost through context clues throughout this chapter that, you know, she might have been the newest member of this particular sect of uh, Avalanche. Um, And it's funny because like I'm just thinking about this now is like I kind of almost want to know a little bit more about because I I'm pretty sure there was a book. Was there a book? Um. That, You're not talking about the Ultimania, are you? No, uh, no. There was a, and there was another part of um the Compendium stuff, 
um, which uh, I think they sort of reference because I think there was an avalanche like prequel book, I think, or something like that, um, where, you know, when uh, Heidegger says like, oh, uh, we're trying to see if this is the same, uh, you know, the same group of avalanche that tried to take an attempt on your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That I think I think is a reference to that book. I want to say it's a book. I'm almost 100 percent sure it's a book. I don't remember what it's called. Um, or it's like a, like a light novel or something maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of almost want to know a little bit more about like, you know, were they all to kind of together in the main overall avalanche? And then, you know, Barrett kind of came along and was like, Hey guys, like you guys seem cool. I ain't down with these fools. You want to like dip out, you know? Cause like, obviously Barrett's a very charismatic charismatic guy well, but like i think they i actually think and maybe we can get into this a little down the line where they get into mm-hmm. that a little bit when um biggs and cloud are talking about you know wutai and everything and they mentioned that avalanche labeled their cell too extreme yeah, so too I think extreme right Bar- barrett wedge wedge biggs and jesse were all part of a cell if not just a cell unto themselves that avalanche was like hey your methods are a little too radical for us so we have to kind of Right, which, you could still be avalanche, but we're not going to send you military. Yeah, gear we're, we're or not going like to. And, and honestly, the the best example of this, if you're, if uh, anyone who's listening is familiar with uh, the Clone Wars era of Star Wars and kind of like the early like Rogue One, uh, Saw Gerrera, um, the sort of freedom fighter character that shows up in the Clone Wars, and but he's in uh, played by Forrest Whitaker in the movie Rogue One, um, has a very similar sort of story where you know he's. Um, you know they're they're kind of fighting back on Onderon during the Clone Wars, trying to retake the the planet, and then he joins up with the Rebel Alliance later on. But he, I mean, the whole thing about Rogue One, they kind of say like, "Oh, we don't associate with him because he's crazy," and he does he like, he just wants to, you know, he doesn't care about all the politics. He just wants to fucking blow shit up and, you know, make a point, make a statement, right? So that's a very similar sort of. Uh, uh, thing that we yeah we definitely learn later on you know even though and Biggs is kind of like uh, you know oh even there they're you know they're the ones with the mil spec gear coming in yeah like, and they like call military us the extremists yeah yeah and uh, yeah I I kind of hope that in the future games that we get that we get a little bit more into because oh I I think we are man I think I, I think they've been they they spent so much time setting up Wu Tai and this chapter is a good example of that that they. They have to be getting into yeah, this or and one. and they also, I mean, this is the first time we see anyone other than our squad of Avalanche. Like, you know, yep. Avalanche is kind of just mentioned in the in the prequels and like, or the not the prequels, the, the original. original game. Um, <laughs> and uh, well, like, I mean, now, who knows? When we get to the end of this, you might be right. But go on. Yeah, yeah, who knows? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like, I would be interested to see, like, when we go to Wu Tai, like, is there going to be like, you know, Avalanche? You know, is Avalanche's presence going to be a little bit more prevalent there or are, you know, who knows? Like, I want to see I want to see like the top brass of Avalanche. I want to see what that looks like. You know what I mean? Me too. And I, 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 I want s- I, I want to know. And I feel like they're going to. I feel like if yeah. anything, you know, the, I feel like they're setting it up at least. Exactly. They, they have to be at this point. Um, but, you know, we take that walk with. 
Biggs and Wedge. And basically, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, we're creating the diversion so that Jesse can raid the warehouse and get the supplies for the next yes. mission. Yes, because, well, yeah, when when the mission starts, or the when the chapter starts, sorry, and you're on the bikes, and she, you know, does a thing to Clab where she's like, that's, you know, I'm I'm going up to the plate for a different reason. Um, and that's because she wants to get a weaker blasting agent for the next bombing run because she still thinks she's still thinking about the original uh, the Meiko reactor one bombing where she's like, I used more than the um, than the instructions uh, uh, asked for. for. Bro, and, and that's you know, what makes it so sad for me. This is part of what breaks my heart about her character is like. She's putting so much guilt on herself, and it's like, no, and it's not even her fault. Themselves up, yeah, and and it, and I'm I'm kind of glad that they show you in yep. this game that, yeah, their bomb literally was just powerful enough to shut down the reactor, and that was it. It didn't cause all obviously it didn't cause the giant explosion and meltdown of the whole thing, um, and it's a, a lot, you know, it's a lot nicer to see like, oh, clearly this was not your fault, but you the uh, you know you as the player knows that, but no one the else knows doesn't. that. Aside from uh, Shinra and everyone there, I guess. Uh, even though I don't think it's it's funny because I think you know there's there are points later on in the game when you meet all the executives at Shinra, uh, Shinra and it's like there's a pretty good chance that like all this shit that was going on uh, with this stuff like was not being told to everybody. Oh yeah, and, and was just very much like between Shinra and Heidegger and you know I guess whoever else it concerned really, but like Reeve and stuff like he didn't really. Yeah, I don't think he knows. No, well, Reeve, no, Reeve no, no obvious, he does. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, he he definitely knows, but he's definitely out of the loop when it comes to the executives. Yeah, you know, he, yeah. he's not really in the in crowd. Yeah, and it's very they're very much like painting him as like, hey, I'm the only one who actually isn't like a fucking mustache twirling sick of you know <laughs> fucking psychopath. Yeah, he's the only as, redeemable one at this. point. I can't. I cannot wait until we get to discussing that chapter because. Uh, that's yeah. one of my favorites, but uh, yeah. So, you know, it, it's 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 nice to see, like, you know, that this sort of thread with Jesse is being carried. It's carried out throughout her entire arc of like, you know, hey man, like I fucked up. <laughs> like I don't want to do that. I don't want to go through that again. You know. Yeah, because like that's not, and it, it. Even though some of their obviously some of their methods you could say are quote unquote morally questionable. I feel like yeah. morally that kind of saves her a little bit because it's like, you know, you didn't mean to like hurt all those people. You didn't mean to knock the pot, yeah. like to, to and, fuck and, everything up and, like that. You just wanted to turn the lights off for a little bit so Mother Earth could breathe. Yeah. And for all intents and purposes, she, you know, she was not going to kill anybody. No, if anything, you know? she did the and job that's the perfectly. Up part like about you it. said, it, it was only destructive to the point that it turned off the reactor. It didn't burn down the building or ca- cause any fucking debris to fly in the air. Yeah, yeah, no. Like it was for a terrorist act, keeping it in the frame of what it is. It is, you know, it is an act of terrorism. It is, yeah, it is still, yeah, and they and they even acknowledge that. So. But in the frame of an act of terrorism, yeah, it, when it's, you... it's pretty, it's pretty soft. It's, you know? it's, you know, it's, no it one is, has to die. Yeah. They're not out there fucking blowing up trains or buses or anything. They're not actively out there killing anybody, you know, like maybe except for the Shinra guards, but they, I feel like they sort of like, you know, the Shinra guards save for the two in sector seven are more or less just, you know, cannon fodder, except, well, no, actually, which, I was going to say, cause 
there's a little there's a lot of humanizing them in the game. I just they think do at the end do of the that. Day, they they absolutely enemies. do do that, and and not only do they do that, they do it at various points in the game too. And a lot of it where, comes from Cloud, which I like. Yes, yes, and then even you know seeing how you know sort of the higher ups at Shinra deal with their subordinates. You know, obviously it's more of a meant to be like sort of a sort of hey, this is how much of a fucking creepy or uh, how much of a psychopath this person is. Uh, you know, when you were t- talking about Heidegger. Um, who yeah, Heidegger's I, out of his mind, which I want to retract a statement <laughs> I said in episode one that I oh. really did not like his voice actor. Voice actor oh. won me over. Well, yeah, I mean, it's... He won um, me over. Oh, God. I, I'm going to kill myself if I don't can't remember his name. He's, uh, you know, he's Bender. Uh, Wait, no way. Yes, yeah, That's Bender. Bender? Yeah, Bender, Jake the Dog, Waka from Final Fantasy X. Really? Yeah, I had uh, no idea. What what is his name? Holy shit. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, let's both get on that. It's uh it's uh, I'm going to hate myself so much when you say it or whoever says it first. Is it John DiMaggio? Yes, John yeah. DiMaggio. Oh, is it yes. him? Oh my fucking god. Honestly, and I I didn't know that going into it, but as soon as someone said it, I'm like, "Oh, oh, yeah." Because he, it's not, it doesn't it yep. sound exactly like him. And he was Marcus Phoenix, too. I didn't know that. Yes, 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 yes. I was, I was, I feel like I was forgetting another big one, too. Holy shit. Um, but yeah, no, he, um, Heidegger is great. Heidegger is easily one of my favorite of the, of the Shinra executives, at least in terms of, like, their performance. Um, but I, maybe that's a little bit biased because we see him the most out of all the other executives, aside from... I guess President Shinra, I guess, but yeah. he really doesn't no, do much he's anyway. He's the most involved. Heidegger's definitely the most involved, and he yeah, has which the makes line. Sense. He has the line that sank my stomach in this game. The ha ha, mm. you still don't understand your role in this. Yeah, sank my yeah, fucking stomach. I'm like, why can't I be like... in control of anything? <laughs> why can't Heidegger, I just like... Shinra, plot ghost, Mayor Domino. I'm never in control. <laughs> I'm never in control ever. Oh <laughs> uh, shit. But, but um, uh, yeah. But then so we, then we, uh, we're on we find the out we're here to rob Jesse. We're gonna yes. rob. Well, the well, house. hold on, hold on. Oh, hold where on. did I skip? You skipped one of the most important parts <laughs> of this entire section of the game. Uh, is our introduction to one of my favorite to new Roche. characters, Roche, <laughs> uh, Soldier Third Class. Roche. I want a him and Johnny side quest or a spin-off game. Oh, Give me a dude. Roche Johnny spin-off game. That would be amazing. I that's why I want that's why I want Roche to appear in the in the later games. He will because I just yeah, I just want him and Johnny to like yuck it up together <laughs> and just be like the the fucking the Bumble Kings of uh of final like you know they kind of just travel they travel the world and like you see them you know they doing their own thing and honestly you nothing know. would make me happier than what you're talking about right now where <laughs> if i go to every single town and city in this game and johnny is just there for some bullshit and, reason yeah and they're just like yucking it up and they're like oh hey yeah me and roche or you know we're doing our <laughs> i don't know our traveling band or whatever Whatever, whatever the, whatever fuck, the they fuck, do. whatever the fuck they get. It's into. A, it's either that or I want Roche to just be the guy who just p- periodically pops up here and there to fight you or to like you know talk shit at you or be a weirdo and just kind of just but hold be on. there. We need payoff. We need payoff. Why yeah. Cloud? Why is he hunting Cloud? 
there's something, you know. Well, what's I think going on. I, I personally think that, well, especially in, if you consider the way that they sort of frame his introduction, uh, Roche's introduction, um, it seems like, and I think we kind of touched on this in a, in a previous episode, but um, I think it's just that since the war with Wu Tai is has not been going on for a little bit. Um, oh, yeah, the no, soldiers I get are that. going he's a bored soldier, but I mean, yeah, the, why the soldiers cloud? are crazy. like, why cloud? Because he's probably the only thing that he could fight and actually have a challenge. With. That, okay. That's a really good point. That's what, that's how I see it. And when, you know, when I, that's why I immediately thought of, uh, I've made this comparison before, but Majima from the Yakuza series. And that's pretty much like, they, they just like, Hey, like everyone else sucks. You're the only person that gives me a challenge. That's why I only want to fight you. And fuck everyone else. I'll trample everyone else in my way, but I need to find you. And you kind of get that also. I mean, when when you fight him again later on in the chapter. But do you think there's some kind of history? Like when he says one, like, do you think there's something more than that? I guess is what I would, what I would no, ask. I mean, is, is there maybe. something more than just, hey, we're like the only two big buff soldiers that can handle I each mean, other? I mean, really, I think when it comes down to it could possibly be. Like if we if we get more of him and more of his story maybe later on, um, but from what the game kind of shows us now, you know when you encounter him again when you're doing that the the mission the distraction mission for Jesse, um, you know he says like oh you you turn the key and you know it's like something you know he's talking like you know oh I've been asleep this whole time and you know like it's you know my heart desires to be set free and like you're the only one that can do that and. You know, I think that's why he ultimately kind of, you know, he, you know, helps Cloud sort of and the and the squad a little bit because he's like, hey, I want you to stick around because you seem like fun and like you're not like all these other people that I fought or all these other people that I'm in, you know, in charge of or whatever. And, you know, they can go a really crazy route with him. That's the thing is like mm. as silly and rambunctious and out of control of a character as he is. There's a lot of room to work with him. Like, yeah, who knows? Like who like. I mean, imagine, I think here's a, here's something. Imagine him under Genova control. That'd be that'd be pretty crazy. <laughs> I I also I think uh, another idea that I don't remember if we talked about in an episode or in one of our uh, dis, uh, discussions off uh, off mic, but um, I also wouldn't mind if he was like, you know, a part of a group of soldiers that oh, if there you were know, just more roaches out there. Yeah, like other different, obviously different, like kind of archetypes almost but like you know think of like i mean i don't know it sounds very anime-ish but like very uh you know not, not well, I mean, like final Ginyu fantasy 7 pretty anime-ish so it is pretty anime-ish but you know you get have you have your like uh your hitman squad you know it's or you know you have your ginyu squad or you know you, you have like your the turks your... fill that fill that hole uh y- yeah maybe yeah maybe but it would also be kind of fun because we don't really we don't really see soldiers that frequently because they don't. That's also true. They don't really. I don't know. Yeah, I no, mean, in the no, original, right. they don't have very much of a presence. Is like we really, you're really almost kind of <laughs> seeing see Zach, Cloud, and Sephiroth as kind of the last three yeah, in some and, regard, you know. Yeah, and then you see, you know, like Angel and Genesis and stuff. But yep. I think now, I think I just answered my own question by maybe there's a the reason why we probably don't see a lot of soldiers around is because of the thing that they bring up in this game and was brought up in i think crisis core um the whole ce- cellular degradation thing the acceleration yeah yeah and it's uh 
you know, maybe because we don't know, maybe that is not a standardized thing. Maybe, maybe Roche is maybe one of the last soldiers left at this point. Maybe yeah, Cloud and Roche are the only two living soldiers left at this point. Who knows? Maybe they're like, you know, they're like a and, yo, Jedi they also, at a certain also point, you know? They also do mention they keep that from the public. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it's, which yeah, which begs the question how Elmira could know, which it's probably, you know, Zach, but... Um, yeah, yeah. Or, it, or, it, it is something that seemingly is only the soldiers know. Because I remember right. when they mentioned it about Cloud, Tifa looks at him like, oh no, like you could die soon? Yeah, and he's like, yeah, well... Yeah, that's kind of on the, uh, the uh, you know the 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 form when you sign it, you know. Every like, yeah, we soldier all knows the truth. Yeah, and you know, so maybe yeah, maybe they're uh, you know, maybe they're just one. Of, you know, well, I well actually no, that's not true because you fight soldiers later on. That You're are right; they are regular. En- they are they're like standard enemies, but I guess maybe first class. No, they are third class. And no, third, I, I, I'm, I'm meaning for your point. Like maybe first class oh. soldiers have like died out. Oh yeah, because I think I mean in my at least in my opinion, I think Sephiroth was probably the last. Like, oh, well, I guess Zach technically would have been the last. No, no, no. Sephiroth technically died after Zach. Um, you know, he was probably the last. He was obviously he was the pinnacle. He was like the you know. He was the quote-unquote Anakin Skywalker of uh, oh, yeah. of uh, the soldiers. So maybe they were just like everyone else is like, eh, we're we're not going to be as good as him. So <laughs> maybe uh, maybe we we won't do that, or maybe you know who knows? Maybe you know Shinra or Genova or somebody, you know, some stuff going on there. Maybe uh, you know after Sephiroth was killed quote no, unquote, dude hojo's a madman hojo's a fucking madman yeah I, like we'll, we don't know we don't really know what's we'll going get on to it but i feel like people aren't paying enough atten- attention to hojo i don't want to get too deep into it obviously yeah, we have a course. chapter to talk yeah. about but yes. i feel like <laughs> his whole thing and remember him i want him wanting to arrange a face to face and all that it's like i feel like hojo has a little bit more control over this situation than people are giving him credit mm, for yeah especially especially after that point you know because like you know we didn't even really you know, but yeah, let, let's 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 hold off on that because we will get there eventually. Um, yes, you know, but let's and get I, back. I know. Yeah, we're, let's we're get. We're like, on Roach. We're on Roach before we. Yes, we're on Roach, and house. and uh, you know he does his uh, crazy motorcycle katas and shit, um, and I fucking love it. And uh, so yeah, that happens, and then you you fuck his shit up, and he's like, "All right, well, I'll see you later." <laughs> that's and that's pretty much literally what happens. Like you fuck his bike up, and then it's like, "Up, oh, yeah." And by the way, uh, I I I liked that the bike segment of, and there's only other one other time in the game where you do I, the bike sort of mini game. I love but the bike I, segment, and I don't think anyone should complain because they give you the option to skip it. They call it a mini game. They're not going to hold yeah. it. I'm pretty sure you can just skip right over it if you want to. Yeah, I think so. Really, I didn't know that. I mean, du- I mean, do double. That? We'll have to double check me, obviously, <laughs> at some point. Because, like, I feel like that'd be. Oh, maybe are you talking about like you go through, you still go through the section, but you're not controlling it. No, I maybe? think there's just an option that you can hit that says "skip bike mini game." Huh? Yeah, because... I think I caught that on my second playthrough. Is they let that's you skip weird. it? I mean, oh, I... maybe because you played through it already. Ah, uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I guess we'll never like... know because there's no going back to the first time, right? Yeah, because it's like, that seems weird because you, 
Roche doesn't necessarily get introduced in a cutscene. He gets introduced like in the yeah, middle of the you're gameplay. Right. You're right. You know, and you're a hundred percent right. It must be. So, I mean, or maybe you skip it to the point you face Roche. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, never uh, done. Yeah, I, I feel like that's probably like a new game plus or, you know, like it knows, hey, you played through this chapter before. But um, yeah, so yeah, we we deal with Roche and then we arrive at the the top of the plate uh, where Jesse to rob Jesse. Yeah, uh, Jesse has um, a nice little moment before, like when you get up on the street level. And she's like, yeah, this is, you know, this is the Shinra housing, you know, like while housing district, yeah. Yeah, it's like while you're, you know, where they set basically like, you know, all your if your family, if your dad works for Shinra, you know, this is where your family lives. You know, it's kind of like, a, you know, almost like a military sort of like housing sort of situation. Oh, it's it's honestly a terror. It's honestly a terrifying thought. Well, yeah. Well, and you know? Jesse, even she says something akin to like, well, you know, you know, while, you know, the the planet is dying, we were we were up here living the good life, you know, mm-hmm. like and, and it sort of kind of alludes more to like. Maybe why there's a little bit of this like societal dissidence, a little bit of, you know, you know, something that gets touched on later in the game where, you know, hey, you know, people know what's going on with, you know, Mako and stuff They that they just choose to, you know, and it, a lot of parallels could be made to, you know, modern reality society. And, uh, you know, people are like, yeah, they're just complacent. Like they know all the bad shit that's going on. But I mean, you there know, are some there are there while there are comparisons you can make to modern society it's worth noting as big said mako is like literally the um how did he put it lifeblood of the planet like more more than just the lifeblood of the planet he called i think he said it's like the hopes and dreams of the planet not something you burn in a reactor yeah it's not like yeah it's not you know because like mako is definitely a little bit more involved than say like you know fossil fuels or something but right it's still you know it's kind of the same thing of like killing the planet and blah 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 that exactly that's where the comparison comes from yeah Um, that's it's it's kind of where it starts and ends imagine mako energy was like fossil fuel combined with hydro fuel combined with solar fuel it's like take all the elements and and make it one fuel yeah and then and then on top of that it's also powered by like human souls question mark (laughs) Like some part of that, like, which, you know, <laughs> which by the way, this would be a good time to talk about it. So remember when big said that Jesse's theory, cause like basically after everything happened to her dad, where her dad fell into the coma after working on the, at the, um, maintenance at the Mako reactors, mm-hmm. um, she's like, Oh, Jesse's theory is that he's trapped somewhere in between life and death. Yes. And it's like, is he one of the whispers? maybe because remember at the end we find out that they're screaming like they're not just like whispering or moving around we hear those screams yeah and 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 it is definitely the the whispers you find out later on that are they're a little bit more connected maybe to the world's i mean they well they are the world essentially right i mean in one sense it almost seems like genova like we i think we touched upon before like genova's one half and the whispers are the other half kind of you know, two sides of the same coin yeah. sort of thing. Um, yeah, and I feel like the whispers definitely is. You know, uh, it, I'm trying to think like the best way. Okay, how about this? Final Fantasy X. Uh, the way like aeons and like you know the faith and the all that shit kind of works. Where uh, you know, like their souls are kind of like part of the world. They're well. Like, I mean, I we I use this term a lot in our pre-recording conversation but like woven into the fabric 
Right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're actual, you know, it's like, it's not like in, you know, in real, in real life where we're wondering, like, do our souls exist or whatever? It's like, no, there's people's souls. Not only do they exist, but you can see them when they leave their bodies, <laughs> you know, and they become part of things that you can, well, in Final Fantasy X's case, you could, you know, make it, make, turn people's souls into like objects and shit. It's weird. But, uh, you know, it's that same thing where it's like, yeah, they become like, people's souls are like a tangible thing and they become they almost sort of go into like this pool that i feel like they become ethereal right like yeah like they and become part of part of the life stream and which is very much you know a lot of my theories on sephiroth and our both of our theories on sephiroth kind of stem from the fact that like the there's like this general like pool of souls that can maybe you know has some level of sentience that is you know i guess would ultimately lead to genova but you know, it's one of those things where we don't really know all that much yet, but basing on my knowledge of the original source material, it's not that far-fetched to be like, you know, they're very much sort of painting, you know, Mako and, you know, the life, you know, literal life energy of the planet, and it's like, you know, you can have people, you know, die, and, you know, when they're stuck in the life stream or whatever, you know, they're sort of in purgatory almost, you know, but they're still here. Yeah, and you could you know be burn, I mean? and you could be burning like that sort of ethereal. They're burning that ethereal essence for energy. You right. know, in, in so it's some like, ways, like a, it's like trying a spiritual cremation. Yeah, kind of. yeah. It's, oh god, that makes it so fucking right? eerie. That makes a spiritual <laughs> that makes cremation it seem way worse. So suddenly, maybe Baron isn't radical enough. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, oh yeah, that kind of reminds me when we were talking about Avalanche before. The reason why I want to see more of avalanche and like so the sort of the top brass of avalanche is to see like what was the reason you know what who are the people that made barrett say like fuck this shit you know like i mean we know we know some stuff about barrett but like i want to get a little bit more deeper into like because you know obviously i think we will you made a prediction that i'm i'm totally in line with of what's going to happen to barrett and i think what's going to happen is what you're talking about we're going to learn more about avalanche and we're going to kind of see Who's maybe pulling it on top? But what you said, I think, is perfect. Mm-hmm. He's gonna kind of learn that the whole avalanche thing is is not him, and is kind. It's just frail, yeah. and it was rotten. It was rotten from the top, from the beginning. And then he's gonna realize, yeah. I don't need avalanche for my identity. I just need Marlene. You yeah, know? it's like I, he knows he knows what he's about, and he was sort of using the avalanche, uh, using avalanche as sort of. Um, Hmm. It's like a ba- it's like a badge on his ego in a way, right? Yeah, you know? kind of using it, it's using it to sort of using it to kind of like prop up, you know, and be like, yeah, see, I'm, you know, I'm an, e- you know, I'm with Avalanche, you know, and that makes me justified in the thing. It's like, no, he, I feel like he's gonna learn that he's he's just that's just who he is, and he doesn't need Avalanche necessarily to do that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Or to to do, and I think you know a lot of this game. I mean, they didn't really really frame it or touch on it in that kind of a way. But I feel like the actions of this game are the perfect setup to at least start chipping away at like, Hey, you know, we, you know, we have a nice group of people here like we, and we literally changed fate. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, you could do a lot with that. And I, and I hope we do get to see more of that. Me later too. On, which hopefully we will. But, um, yeah, so we were talking about Jesse. Uh, we're we're on the plate now, and we're gonna rob her motherfucking house. 
Yes. We need to take the uh, Shinra ID card from her dad, her comatose dad's. Yeah. Um, which, b- by the way, <laughs> that that whole section of like, you know, you're going, you're playing through it as Cloud, but you're being narrated by Jesse and like, t- as if she's like telling Cloud what to do. It's like, all right, when the light comes on, that's your cue. And then he's like, all right, there's a light. That's my cue. And then you go in the door and she's like, you don't want to go into the one in front of you. You want to go to the one over here. And then like, as she's saying it, you cloud is looking at the door, the two doors and being like, uh, oh, I got to go through this one. And I, I like that sort of setup, uh, and like the, the way that they did that. And then, uh, yeah, you can kind of hear in the background, uh, you know, they're all, all joshing the, uh, the, around. The rest of them are talking to Jesse's mom. And <clears throat> my, one of, one of my favorite parts about, uh, this particular part of this section is uh, we get to find out that Jesse was at least for a time, uh, an actress at the gold saucer. And, uh, you know, and, and it turns out that, um, her father had her accident on her opening night. I think, uh, they, they mentioned it was like the night after just before open or just before they mentioned like, right. I think the term that was used right before opening, the accident happened. Right. So we don't necessarily know how long her tenure was at the Golden Saucer. Um, or like what the time frame was between like that happening and then her finding Avalanche and doing that whole thing instead. I mean, because clearly we find out that, you know, she's she her mom doesn't know that she's involved with Avalanche. And, yeah, she still thinks she's a stage hand at the Gold Saucer. Yeah, and, and thinks like has oh, no yeah, has know. no idea her daughter's even living right beneath her, right? Yeah, you know, and it's and it, and it's funny because you know, I mean, technically, you know, and sh- you find out later that Jesse is living with a bunch of like actresses in a like a sort of like a hostel sort of thing. Yeah, you know, so it's like she, you know, is definitely at least good at keeping the image up. Um. Well, I think here's here's my thing while while we're touching on her backstory mm-hmm. a little bit, um. Uh, I feel like some people have written Jesse off as like, oh, she's just a thirsty girl. You know, she had this backstory gets acknowledged, but I think what's worth noting is, and you tell tell me your opinion on this. Mm. It seems to me her entire behavior is based on her dream of being an actress suppressed. Like her entire behavior towards Cloud. It's almost like in a meta sense, she senses Cloud is the lead role. And, you know, Jesse Raspberry <laughs> is the role like- of princess. She's like, oh, yeah, that's she... my role. I'm, I'm the lead. I'm the lead lady. Mm. You know, Jesse Raspberry is yeah. the princess. So it's like that thirstiness, and the reason they're like, don't they mention that her pep is unusual, right? Yeah, it's like I think Cloud makes her feel like she's back in the play again, like she's in a play, and Maybe. she gets she yeah. gets to be the lead again. You know, um, so it's like, of course, she's thirsty for Cloud, obviously, but it's like that thirstiness <laughs> is also her thirstiness for her dreams that got crushed. Okay. Yeah. I, I could see that. I could see, you know, maybe, you know, it, it's, it, it kind of depends almost, at least for me, it depends on how she actually was before cloud came into the picture. You know what I mean? Like was like, I could see her almost being almost exactly the same, but not cranked up to 11. Cause that's, I feel like she's definitely cranking it up to 11 for sure. And I wonder how much of that is her trying to maybe sort of play that part almost, or, you know, is she just overcompensating because clouds a new guy in the picture and, 
you know, whether, you know, she actually has romantic feelings for him or, you know, she just, you know, maybe she, that, that kind of goes back to my theory before of like, maybe she's, she was the sort of the new guy, quote unquote, before, and then Cloud comes into the picture and, you know, sort of is like, oh, hey, you know, I can, let me, you know, be extra nice to you because you're the new guy or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. But it it kind of depends. It, it it depends on. Well, I you think know, what Wedge said. Wedge says. I think he says it later in the chapter support where he's like, "Yo, it's all a game to her, bro. Like, be careful. This is <laughs> this is." So I guess they have some idea which, of this part yeah. of her personality that she likes Wh- to play up the drama. Yeah, which implies that this is not. She's not. Cloud is not the first person she's acted this way towards before. Yeah, and that's a good point. Also, too. also kind of makes it seem like maybe Wedge had a thing for her at a time, and then you know. Who knows, Maybe right? Didn't, Who didn't knows? Go so it's well, two for him dudes and a chick. I'm sure it's anything but simple and clean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, it's like, well, you know, but you know, Wedge. I, I feel like, I, if anything, I feel like Biggs would be. Uh, Biggs obviously has some sort of uh, like romantic history with her. You know, whether it was a mutual thing or not, there's definitely some of that kind of tension yeah, there that you, you feel. Yeah, you sense something, right? Like, there's some kind of history there, right? And I feel like Wedge is Wedge is kind of just like an innocent kind of. Well, he's, well, the, not he's like, the odd man out. He's the odd man yeah, out. Yeah, you know, he has three cats, you know. <laughs> he, 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 you know, he stops in the middle of a mission to, like, look at cats and stuff, you know, which, you know. He's just, he's just I, an odd I love that. Man. I love that character trait about him, but, um, yeah, but it, I think it's, it's interesting. But I think it's cool. I think it's cool, because it makes Jesse's character, you know, very layered, you know? Yeah, and it's, and it's you know, to, enough for us to at least have this conversation of, like, how much of that is actually her and it's like i mean obviously she puts on a front i mean you know oh, later she's on obviously when, in a lot of pain <laughs> when when uh you know in her in her final moments later on um you know she's still very much trying to be like oh they were my oh geez uh, i'm so i'm i'm dying how embarrassing is this <laughs> like oh no tifa's crying did i say something wrong and she's like always to to the very end. So like, that's what makes me think that at least some of that is, is her like her actual self. But yeah, I think she definitely sort of puts it on a little bit. And it's worth looking at it like this too, right? Like what's something she always says? I I don't want to be the stage hand. I'm always the stage hand. I want to be the lead. And it's like, it's almost tragic. It's almost tragic (laughs) that in a game that has two female leads i guess you could argue either Aerith or tifa right i guess you'd lean more yeah. on Aerith than tifa yeah um, well in er- terms of Aerith is lead. yeah yeah but uh, yeah mm. but even romantically that's relatively ambiguous right yeah yeah right. that especially especially in this game where they sort of they kind of let you they kind of let leave you. it up to the player yeah exactly so in a game where the romantic interest is allowed to be ambiguous jesse just tries so hard to get that lead role, and, and she's you know doomed what? to end up as a stagehand who dies in the, maybe, in the second act. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she does. Man, I don't know. That's it, true. That's true. We don't know. She could be. We back. literally. That's so it's true. That, That's so they true. fucking. It's it's so crazy because <sighs> there's something that I well okay I don't want to go too deep into it because obviously we'll get on to that chapter later on, 
Just saying, this is but, a testament to how intense of a chapter this is that we are just spiraling through. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's been a jumping off point to so much shit. Yeah, be, yeah, because these are yeah these beginning chapters are setting up everything that gets paid off later on in the game, which I think that's why this game is so fucking perfect. Because I agree. as much of the stuff obviously that gets set up for the future games that come out, there's a lot in just in this game that gets set up and paid off in this game that feels so good and it feels good because it's so neatly packaged in that way and it's you know it, it's nice when something is planned out and it's and it's seen through and you know it goes to completion and that's it and it's great right all right so yeah basically what i was gonna say was um you know because we don't really know what happens to jesse at the end because we do see her gloves and her headband uh, on the table next and it's to like, Biggs. This is where I want to strangle him sometimes. I say this in a good way because it's like, you <laughs> show us so ambiguous. It's like that could either be Biggs's memento to her because right, you know, he hasn't right. quite gotten over it, or, or it could just be she left it there because she visits him at bedside. Or, or, the, or the camera just didn't pan right and we'd see her in the other bed on the other side of the room, <laughs> you know, which is like it's it's big enough that they show Biggs there, you know, and that's a that's a thing, obviously, because he is was not meant to survive. Um, and and Wedge definitely bites it, or at least it's heavily implied that he bites it. Um, it would be crazy to see. It would be crazy if they all end up surviving, and here's we just thing. we just here's get the, the you before know. we move up before we move on to the rest of the episode. Here's just yes. where I stand on that. I'm cool with them all surviving. There yes, are two characters absolutely. I want. There are two characters I want dead, and it's Zach and Aerith. Everyone else could survive. Yeah, and because like I mean, it doesn't really affect the plot whether Avalanche is alive or dead. Yeah, if anything, it just, it, it adds more. And, and, like, I mean, I could see people being like, well, well, that takes away from Barrett's motivation because blah, blah, and blah. And that's it's like, a, that's a good, that could be a good point. But it's a valid it, criticism. It's definitely sure. a valid criticism. But who knows? Maybe they stick around for another game and then they just die in the second one. Yeah. Or something. Who knows, right? It has room to grow. It's like maybe yeah. it does take away from Barrett's motivation. But Barrett's motivation was always Marlene, right? You yeah, know, Avalanche and, and, was there, right? He feels for his his old comrades, but yeah. it's really centered around Marlene. You know, Avalanche yeah, could that, have a different role reason. than just being something to build tragedy for one of our main characters. Right, right. And, like, that's why, you know, it's the same argument for people who want to, you know, you know, who, like, think, oh, maybe Aerith shouldn't die or something. And then people be like, oh, well, that's kind of the whole crux of the whole story. <laughs> so Yeah, you be, see, here's the thing. Avalanche surviving does not drastically change a story. Right. Aerith surviving changes That's, fucking everything. It changes yeah. the fundamental thing about it. Yeah. So, like, I understand why people be like, well, they can't not kill her. And it's like, well, <laughs> at the same time, you know, they can't not fucking bring Zack back, which they did. Theoretically, kind of. Maybe. We they don't know. Just- is that by that? Yeah, who knows? We don't even right? know. We don't even we know don't. if that's actually real or not. Maybe Boundless, that was all this terrifying freedom. <laughs> but hey, guess what? <laughs> we we don't have to worry about that right now. We don't because we're on chapter because we're on chapter four. <laughs> God, I feel like this happens every time. But it is like you said, it's like a testament to this game and how it's sort of it's structured and and you know how much setting up they're doing for stuff later on yeah things uh, happening in, it's like as a story should work all the things happening in chapter four are come coming to fruition down the line you know there's yeah. no there's no wasted time it, here yeah and and honestly and it's funny because um i almost would have equated this chapter to something like you know filler 
almost, but not in a bad way, because there is a difference between good and bad filler. 100%. Uh, and, good and that's, fil- every good story has good filler. Yeah, like, this is not something like, uh, you know, uh, uh, just for someone who has no experience, but Naruto, which is something that I have heard infamously has just is completely filled with filler and has a lot of just throwaway nothing nonsense and is kind of the main reason why I have not watched something like Naruto or One Piece because it's like, yeah, I'm sure the stories are great and I'm sure the characters are great and whatever, but I'm not sitting through 900 episodes. <laughs> Yeah. of something i don't care how good it is like at this point maybe maybe back when i was 16 if i jumped on back then like most people did maybe be a different story but uh not definitely not in today's world for sure but um yeah i think the best way to sort of uh frame this chapter would be like a filler chapter you know even though it is definitely m- necessary it's not it's world unnecessary. building it's character building it, it you know. delivers some of my favorite moments of the game like wow like seeing avalanche around the dinner table just mm-hmm. clowning around and you could tell that wedge and biggs already have a well-established relationship with jesse's mom they call yeah. her mrs r you know yeah. the famous midgar special you know it's Which like I, we, we don't I get hope to- i hope someone uh, on etsy somewhere or something or uh, not etsy uh fucking what's it called pinterest uh makes a midgar special <laughs> recipe so. out there I, I would love to do that i'd love to give it a shot and it just to me without needing to get specific about their backstories or you know certain events that happened to them while they've been friends seeing them around the dinner table and, yeah, and how how they sort of they react around each other and you can and, just and, tell. They they don't need to tell you about their past. You could just see their past in the chemistry yeah. they have. And and if you think about it, this is the only time that we see these characters that uh when they're not doing something specifically related to the main plot or with Cloud. Like Cloud's not in the room. He's not part yeah. of any of this stuff. That's and we're point. seeing these characters in the way that they've been for, you know, however many years that they've been together. You know, it's like it, it's almost like seeing, you know, a group of old friends coming together and, you know, you might be the new person in the group, but, you know, you see how they've been, you know, they've been getting on for the past however long, you know, and it, I think is a very interesting sort of lens into which like you like you were sort of alluding to there is that it's it's a lot better, a lot better in the terms of storytelling and character development to see just see, you know, because like you could sit me down and describe to me the inner workings of all these characters backstories, but they do the, the, the show don't tell kind of thing or, you know, show and tell show show don't tell. Yeah. And it's very, and I'm very much a fan of that when they do it, when it's done correctly. Um, cause there's definitely certain instances when they, they show a little too much and don't tell anything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, not in this game, but in general, um, you know, um, so I'm I'm glad to see that sort of executed a little bit more properly this time. Um, yeah, I I genuinely felt like the three of them are fr- were like really good friends. They felt like a family together. Yeah, it felt know? genuine. You know, it wasn't like, you know, and that's honestly this this whole entire chapter is just meant to f- I feel like sort of validate these characters' existences within this universe and within this group. You know what I mean? It, it just it's just meant to just be like, hey. 
you know, there is real reasons for these people to be involved, and they're not just like you know, blindly following Barrett around. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, exactly. They have their own motives. They're their own people, and it's not something that was thrown together last week. It's obvious these characters have known each other a long time. Yeah, and then you know, going from you know that scene, and then you know you, you have like the infiltration scene going on, and you get to see a little bit more of Biggs and Wedge and how they, you know, their sort of character. Uh, you know, their personalities are, I guess. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you and see... we were touching on it earlier. That's where they kind of fill you in on uh, Jesse a little more. Yeah. And, you know, they kind of explaining her situation with her dad, which we, you know, kind of basically touched on. And that's really all that they really say about it. Um, um, but then Cloud has that um, Nibelheim flashback. Yes. That's, this is where we get to see the promise. Yes. Uh, from the original game, um, which I think was a really another really good moment to add in this in this particular thing because at the end of the chapter you meet back up with Tifa and um you know you so they sort of have this moment you know where you know she's like oh you know are you planning on leaving Midgar anytime soon and then Cloud says uh you know like oh actually you know there's this friend of mine who I made a promise to if they needed help and it seems like they need help so here I yeah, am. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a very nice moment, very heartwarming yeah. moment. Yeah, and it was it felt like it was just it, the perfect the perfect way to sort of get that scene in there because it's a very iconic scene, mm -hmm. um, and just to, and to have that little moment between the two of them, which again sort of builds on you know what we said uh, last week with uh, you know the the relationship between Cloud and Tifa, you know, and it's sort of you know obviously we know that they're their friend you know childhood friends but you know sort of you know seeing that now this is another layer being stripped away from clouds and it, tifa even i think comments on it, it's like oh it seems like you're you're losing your edge you're losing your edge a little bit or actually no i think that's jesse that says that actually i actually think they might both say it maybe them. they both <laughs> maybe I they think, both I say it they do. i, oh, I well, want to i want to just point in real quick i mm -hmm. love what a dweeb young cloud is yeah, I'm He's just I'm gonna be the best of the best, I'm just leave, like Sephiroth. When spring comes, I'm leaving town and going to Midgar. You know, <laughs> he's just he's just such a dweeb. And it's, it's, yeah, the it, his his voice actor does a really good job. Well, it's of, great. Uh, you know, this was one of the things I was worried about with this game. Was like, mm -hmm. are they just gonna paint Cloud as like cool emo boy? And it's yeah, like, which and they do for a little bit, but uh, they they do such a good job at showing it's a it's a it's a front mm -hmm. as you, as you've been saying. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, it's you know very very multi layered. You know, there's a lot of different. There's a lot, going uh, on. There's a lot of walls set up in Cloud's mind. Let's just leave it at that. But uh, you know, we start of we we're peeling away the layers. You know, and this is the definitely you get a little bit of of it in the previous chapter, but this is really the one where it really starts uh, falling away. And so and, rightfully uh, so, right? Because I yeah. feel like this is when you. This was the chapter that really brought you in. You learn not only so much about Avalanche, but you learn a lot about Cloud. Like this yeah. promise scene then, with Tifa is pretty big. You know, you see, you know, Wedge, who really did the MVP of this chapter. You know, when he he sacrificed himself for Cloud, or he was about to. Um, you know, and then he, you know, all he puts himself in in at risk to to save Cloud twice. Actually, if you think about it, with between blowing the whistle for the dogs, which I love that scene, by the way, 
<laughs> where it's like all the all the dogs come out and then you're like fuck this is a lot of dogs and then wedge comes he has a dog whistle because of course he does um <laughs> and then he gets the attention of uh half the dogs and i love that it's like you know they show all these uh the dog enemies coming out and like there's like maybe like 10 or so of them and it's like yeah then a bunch of them go and chase off wedge and it's like you still got to deal with those guys yeah i love that i love <laughs> like wedge is still running like like you're fighting these the other ones that that stay around you but like wedge is still running around the stage yelling and screaming and getting his ass chomped at uh and then like you know it's like eventually you have to take care of those guys too and i, I like that little that attention to detail like because that could have totally been like a cutscene thing of like oh he leads some of them away and then you just don't fight them or whatever but uh you know like keeping it within the gameplay of that section i i, I thought was was really uh uh, funny and cool but. yeah i think i think you saw a lot of that in this game of them not taking too many liberties with the fact they're a video game and keeping keeping it as how would you say in line as you could because there weren't any of those yeah. situations like you said where there was a cinematic that solved a problem and then you never had to attain to that problem even though yeah. it was clearly a temporary solution it's like no you had to address everything like, no you no, you still got to deal with that it's just that which speaking it's a of little which, bit easier what a great fight sequence this mm -hmm. this whole section with the when we're creating the diversion bigs this is where i actually fell in love with bigs was this yeah. entire mission because he's kind of your uh boots on the ground up top uh manipulating yeah, he's, he's your he's your sniper quote unquote even yeah. though he has he has a handgun <laughs> low budget, i think they low even budget say sniper. yeah even i think even the shinra soldiers are like oh they got a sniper and it's like he's got it's a just, fucking magnum dude i don't know bigs <laughs> I don't oh. know what the fuck, uh, you know, what you guys think a sniper rifle looks like, but he he killed me twice. Where I I think the it's because obviously this is like a horde kind of mission where just different yeah, hordes come just, at you just, at different yeah, times, wave after wave of dudes. Yeah, and kind of the running joke is the wave just doesn't stop. And yeah. there's a point where I think a bunch of shock troopers come out. I can't remember, but he just goes, "Oh, you gotta be shitting me!" No, it's uh, and then it, there's I was gonna say the one after that, which I think you were about to interrupt me with, where mm -hmm. they unleash the mechs. And yeah, he goes, the sweepers. Oh, like, of course they would store mechs here. Of course they store mechs here. Well, no, I think yeah, I think the I think the first one uh, you were talking about was when the um, when the turret pods, uh, the missile pods come out, and he's like, "Oh, of course." They got that here. Of course, they would have these. And then yeah, yeah no, 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 you're right. You're 100 percent right. It's the turret pods. And then he by and I love I love how he deals with them because it, it I I mean obviously it's he probably does some other stuff but it literally just looks like he just pushes them over, like he just gets behind them and just pushes them off of the fucking wall, <laughs> and I'm just like oh, really? That's all you need to do to defeat these things, huh? Modern times require modern <laughs> solutions. <laughs> but yeah, no, he uh yeah, and then the uh, the sweepers come out. And he's like, oh, of course they got mechs stored here. Of course they store mechs and, here. And uh, that's the first, um, this is the first time you get to use a summon materia. Mm -hmm. This is the first time you get to see Ifrit, and uh, that's cool. And, I, you know, I like the, you know, for how varied and changing the summon sort of summons in general and have been throughout the other various Final Fantasy games, I like how they're implemented here. Where I, it's Me too. They just become like a fourth party member. Yeah, and it's just like, hey, you know, yeah, if you're in if you're in a heavy fight and like sometimes like you could go you could never use a summon if you wanted. And I like how they sort of they give you the option of like, hey, yeah, we think this this might be a little tough fight, but if you want, you know, we have this summon here if you want. And if uh I don't know if 
Um, cause I don't, did you have any of the DLC summons like the Chocobo yeah, chick I'm a, I'm or Yeah, I'm a total that? sucker, so I had them all and I didn't use any of them. I got addicted to Leviathan and ba- Bahamut. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I'm not going to summon Chocobo chick when I can yeah, summon well, Bahamut. Yeah, well, I made the mistake. I, I gave it to, I gave the Chocobo chick the Tifa, uh, at one point and it's like that thing pops up like all the time and I'm like, all right, this is annoying now because like Let me the tell Chocobo you chick. Like, it's a decent summon, but at the same time, it's, like, also, it takes away from Let, the general experience of the game. But, sorry, go ahead. I, I need to take back my comments about the Chocobo chick. I, I immediately <laughs> regret them. Because in hard mode, as you know, in hard mode, you can't use your items. Uh, which means you need to be really sparing with your magic. Now, yeah. the great thing about Chocobo chick is he knows it a just, spell for all the magics. So, if you're out of magic or trying to preserve magic, he's actually the perfect summon. Yeah. So I take it back. Uh, I, I that fucking f- big four-headed freak. He's a Super Saiyan Chocobo. <laughs> Super Saiyan Chocobo. Yeah, I, you know. Okay, I'll 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 look at it that way instead of big being head. like, why why the fuck did you give these things massive heads? I'm, I have no idea. I, look, I, in a game a, that has the in a game and a company that comes up with some of the most beautiful designs and aesthetics. They definitely come up with some funky ones too, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, oh shit so yeah so the mechs come out and we get another visit from our boy from our cackling weirdo our Roach resident cackling back, weirdo baby and, and he's this was one of my favorite fights in the game and again yes. I, I going back to the episode one of this podcast where i was like well i can tell you one thing what square enix got absolutely right about Kingdom Hearts 3 were the one-on-one fights. So I was I had yeah, a feeling just fighting another dude. Yeah. The one-on-one fights in this game were going to be electrifying. Yes. And and God they were. damn it. It's like I almost felt like Roche, you know? I almost felt like the adrenaline junkie like yeah. who just got a rush and and just got a high like, from Ooh. this cool one-on-one fight where I, I had to actually functionally use yeah, counter. Like you're fighting not not only just fighting like one enemy, but you're fighting a, another dude with a sword, a worthy who's adversary do, who's doing the same shit that you're doing. And and on top of all that, he's a fucking he's a true gentleman because he fucking heals your ass before the fight. <laughs> I, I just uh just a note for anyone who might play it on hard mode. He does not do that on hard mode. He does not. Oh, he does okay. not. So and so he doesn't you, care about a fair fight when when it's on hard mode. Because <laughs> that's the whole thing. He like he says like oh you know it, you know I'm a big fan of the fair fight or so or he says something like that when he heals you when the fight starts. But um that's really funny that like yeah it's oh it's hard mode okay fuck that he was genuinely <laughs> fuck the a fair fight wall he was a wall on hard mode he was not easy. Basically, the only way to beat him was to counter absolutely everything. And which is, I mean, that was, I mean, at least for me, when I, when I first fought him, I'm like, oh, this is going to be like the easiest, one of the easiest, easier enemies. And he was, at least for me, uh, because yeah, it's like he, he's slow and you know, he, he does a lot of, he has like a lot of wind up between his attacks. So it's like, okay. He's not going to hit you a lot, but every time he hits you, he's going to put a dent in you. Yeah, he yeah, and and you know, and it's sort of mitigated by the fact that he sort of telegraphs his moves a little bit. And you know, he's kind of like the first like real boss. He's kind the first one on one. Like he's yeah. the first of many. You know, we get Reno, I think is the next one after him. Yeah. I um, mean, like yeah, he's the yeah, he's the first like just dude boss, you yeah. know. And well, uh which yeah, I think I th- my favorite one on one is Rufus by the way, but keep going. Yes, <laughs> uh, I, I. It's that or Sephiroth for me. 
Ooh. The Sephiroth one on one was pretty fucking dope. It was good. It was good. It's that's a real tough one. I and I like the fight on top of the pillar too. With the with Reno and Rude. But Yes. Uh, back to Roche. Yes, back to Roche. Uh yeah, I love uh I loved everything about that fight. It felt really good. And then, you know, you, you defeat him and he's just like, eh. Well, okay. he hooks you up. You brought this up earlier. He hooks you up. Yeah, he hooks you up and he's like, Yeah, let me take out half the dudes that were here surrounding you as I leave and cackle like a crazy person and be like, Hey man, you should stay around. Cause we should do this again. And like that very much like I'll see you, you know, see you later space cowboy, you know, I'll see you, you know, I'll see you next week or whatever, <laughs> you know, the, or the, you know, uh, team Roche is blasting off again. I, li- I like team Roche is blasting off again. <laughs> definitely suits him. It is very much. And that's why I wanted to see him more in this game because he definitely gave off that vibe of like the guy who was just going to like pop up. And I'm so shocked that he did not pop up in the, when you're escaping Shinra tower. If we're being hole. honest, if we're being that honest, would have been he probably the best was time. met too, but then, you know, deadlines. Yeah. And, and, and to be fair, you know, when you fight, uh, I forgot the name of the boss that you, you're fighting in that section, the, the, the six wheeled thing. I forgot what it's called, but, uh, you know, between that, you know, fighting the whisper bosses and then fighting Sephiroth after that, maybe we didn't need another boss fight in there. Maybe, you know, it would have been, you know, actually it would have been cool if he just like showed up and helped you out. He's like, Hey, yeah, I, I saw what you were doing and, and I just wanted to, you know, give you a hand or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I still believe in my heart, um, that we will see Roche again. And, you know, uh, Aust- uh, I think the voice actor's name is Austin Lee Matthews. Um, he did a great job with this character, even though for as we, in, as far as this game is concerned, we don't see Roche past this point. Uh, he's not even mentioned or brought up or anything. So that's what made me a little concerned that he was just going to be a one note, maybe. Um, and why I think a lot of other people have that same opinion. Um, but I hope, I, I hope you had anything to worry about because I think Midgar is going to keep living even though we've left. And I think that's yes. what a lot of big survival has to be, is, and has to do I, with. I am, I'm, I want to be, I want to say that, at, well, we definitely go back to, in, in the, at least in the original game, you do go back to Midgar at some point. Yeah. But I, think I in feel the like. Half of the game. Yeah, I feel like in where we <laughs> once we unlocked more unlock more of the world, I could see us coming back to Midgar way sooner, especially the way that they sort of leave off. I think we're gonna have some know. Chocobo fast travel. Yeah, and you know we'll we'll be able probably to go back to like Wall Market and Sector Seven and stuff because those those areas are still and, operational. And, and at don't that forget point. about Don Corneo. Yeah, you know he's yeah, still out there. And uh, yeah, him and uh, Leslie have to. Leslie's got to finish his business. Yeah, I love that. I like that little. Um, how would you put it? Side story. You yeah, know, I, I, I like I like stories that kind of have those little. Yeah, and you know, because you know, it, it's definitely pertinent to what we're talking to because Roche, you know, Roche is a new character who we want to see more of, and Leslie's another new character that I want to see more of, and as a character that really he didn't get a lot of play, but what the play that he got was pretty good. You know, like it was a pretty good you know, uh, uh, establishment of who he is as a character, even though, you know, we'll get into it when we get down the wall market later on, but there, uh, there are definitely certain, um, uh, conversations that could be had about Leslie and how he, um, went about, 
doing his plan to <laughs> get revenge, but we'll we'll get there eventually. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll get that when we uh, get there. I guess we could uh, skip to what we learn about Avalanche after Wedge uh, gets hit in the ass and they come to bail you out. Because <laughs> um, that's, uh, yes. something, that's something that got my wheels a turning when they mentioned that well, I think Biggs Biggs brought it up to Cloud when Cloud asked, like, "What are they doing here?" You know, he lays down what we went on went into earlier that you know Avalanche's cell, their cell got labeled too extreme, but yeah. you know, even though they're the ones wearing mill spec gear, uh, yeah, but- and then and and then by the yeah by the way, just like bef- before the whole distraction thing happens, there's a little sort of hint that there there's another group at play during all of this, you know, because you go to infiltrate the place and the guards are already taken out. And it's yes, not Jet, yes. and it wasn't. You know, we're like, oh, it, we don't think it's Jesse because she took a different way or something. Um, so we are. You already kind of know in your head, like, oh, there's there's going to be another group of people here or another person here, and you know, you you don't really have any idea. But then when uh, you know things are about to go bad for our our three boys over here, then they get saved by uh, another avalanche cell, um, which is the. That's when I was like, oh shit, because. Yeah, it was a you big know, that, oh shit moment. Yeah, because you don't see, you never see anyone from Avalanche, and they were just you know regular uh, foot soldier dudes. They weren't. It wasn't like anyone that was like, oh, that's a main character. You know, <laughs> they were just uh, a bunch of randies. But you know, it was definitely interesting just to see them in action. One, and then you know, yeah, Biggs sort of giving you the extra lay down, lowdown of like, hey, yeah, like we got kicked out because. You know, we were labeled as too extreme, yet here they are, you know, with fucking AKs and blowing shit up. And we don't even we don't even know what Avalanche was doing there, except maybe just to cause some shit. I don't know. And that's another thing, too, is because Avalanche does come back later on, like the Avalanche as a group comes back and they start doing shit. You know, well, I guess that's a little bit more implicit, you know, when you're in Shinra, when you're in Shinra Tower, that's a little bit more explicitly why they're there. Um but yeah, it's it's good to see another branch of Avalanche, you know, because we don't again we just know it as just oh they're they're a fucking they're eco terrorist organization, and yeah. that's all we ever know. And we and didn't just like, get oh. to we didn't just get to see them. We hear from Biggs that there's a chance that they cut a deal with Wu Tai to get all of yes. Midgar's materia yes. into Wu Tai. So it's like oh, so you yeah. guys are plants. You're not even all the material Midgar, huh? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, look, yeah. it's, it's worth bringing up in a later chapter. President mm-hmm. Shinra admits that this is their Shinra's narrative that they made this up. Yeah. But Heidegger seems concerned that Wu Tai hasn't responded to their accusation. He even goes yeah, like, "I've it's... almost come to believe it myself." So yeah, it, like... that that's another thing that's left pretty ambiguous. It's like it could just be a Shinra conspiracy, or maybe Wu Tai really is funding Avalanche. But I just love that the game introduced the idea that something like that is possible. Right, yeah, and like I said, it's another another great example of this game. Sort of just it's it's planting the seeds that will hopefully grow into beautiful flowers later on, um, uh, but is yet to be seen from this particular thing in particular. But um, yeah, so that's really uh, you know that's that's kind of the the only that's really the only time we get any sort of touching upon 
Avalanche, at least until you meet the mayor later on, and you get a little bit more from that point, and that's really all we get of Avalanche in this entirety of this game. And that's why I'm led to believe, going back to what we were talking about earlier, that there's going to be a lot of payoff with Avalanche. They're going to play yes. a big part in this. Yeah, and like now, like now that we're talking about this now, it's definitely like sort of kickstarting my brain a little bit of being like, okay, there's definitely too much setup going on here that we're definitely getting something. I don't know how grandiose it's going to be, but we're definitely getting more yes. into this, into this uh, particular plot thread for sure. Um, but yeah, that's uh, <laughs> then every everything that happens after you guys uh, escape from the uh the compound or whatever uh it, it definitely my favorite more of my favorite parts of this chapter because you get the whole scene when uh you know wedge is like freaking out he thinks he got shot in the ass but he got he just got chomped on by some dogs <laughs> and uh you know they have the whole scene where uh, biggs and uh jesse are like checking to make sure and he's like oh your ass is fine <laughs> and uh and she fucking she slaps his ass and then he sits up and he goes now that was a gunshot and, <laughs> and that was like i died laughing at that and that was the moment when you see cloud crack a smile for the first time mm -hmm. and jesse is like gets on hmm. him right away it's like hmm it's like dude is that a smile i spy and Cloud's just like, oh, <clears throat> no, uh, what no, the fuck? I'm, I'm a cool guy, fuck. Cloud. No, fuck you. Totally fuck you. Not, I don't have... Totally not that dweeb from the flashback. <laughs> I don't have emotions. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like they all, all of them knew. They're like, oh, okay. We see. Oh, you're not, you're not a fucking hard ass. You got it. You got something going on. You got a heart beating under there. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and then after that, you go, you're, you're escaping from the area. And another one of my favorite moments happens. Um. If uh, I don't know if you saw it uh, in your playthrough, uh, there's this old woman who's like, yes, you know, freaking just screaming out, screaming at that fucking shit regard. And then, and then, if you hang, if you hang out, you find out that that lady was, she fought in the war against Wu Tai, and like she's having like a flashback almost. She's like, oh, is that fucking Wu Tai? I'll fuck those motherfuckers up. <laughs> I I killed a platoon of those motherfuckers back in the war. Bro. And like the, the the Shinra guard that's like trying to calm her down is like, oh well, uh, thank you for your service, and you know I'm like that. I wanted a little bit more of that stuff. Like I wanted more people talking about like the stuff that was going on before this game started, and we don't really get a lot of that. You don't and get I feel a like, lot of that, but let me tell you, I'm so thankful that we even got just that. Yeah, you know, given that, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, I wish we had more of that. I think we'll get more of that. I feel like this is. I feel like our visit to Wu Tai is going to be so much different this time around. Like, if anywhere yes. is going to be different, it's going to be Wu Tai. Yeah, and you know, because Wu Tai has definitely been sort of set up as so a bigger player. You know, obviously, it's at a big least player an in the adversary world, but... to Midgar, let alone Shinra, right? Right. You know, right. it's like the, it's Absolutely. not just Shinra that has disdain for them. Midgar seems to as well. Which who knows? That could be a you know. I mean, it's from the war, obviously. Yeah, but... and you know. But uh, yeah, and then uh, then we get our um, our Top Gun '80s uh, inspired uh, moment of uh, you know going back down because it's like, oh hey, how are we gonna get back down to the slums? Uh, we're gonna parachute, motherfucker! Yeah, and it's like, oh, we're we gonna wait for a train? No, we're gonna take a fucking parachute. And I love the fuck out of that scene so much. I just rewatched it again today, and. 
It just it's one it's another one of those scenes that just makes me smile the entire time. Me too. And it's just like there's nothing that these the, these characters could do that I could ever be mad at them for. Well, you dude, know, it's like one of my fa- one of my favorite moments from this descent is when Cloud um reassures and talks up Wedge. He's like, "Nah, man, you you did your part. You were yeah, you were a fucking Wedge, hero out there." It, yeah, Wedge was kind of being down on himself, and Cloud's like, "Nah, man." You know, and then you gotta you gotta preface that with, I mean, just right before that, you know, uh, Wedge is like trying to be, you know, they're they're be, Wedge is nervous about making the jump, and uh, Cloud's just like, "Oh, come on, just fucking just jump already," and he's like, "You don't gotta be you don't gotta be such a hard ass, bro," and he's like Cloud goes, "I'm not your bro," and then he fucking I love just how jumps he says off. that to like everybody in this game. Yeah, uh, yeah, Johnny too. <laughs> Even Johnny's way more egregious about it. Um, but yeah, no, I love, I love that, that moment that him and Wedge have, uh, yeah. And then, uh, uh, Biggs and Jesse are like talking about like, ah, yeah, you know, he's a keeper, you know, he really is a, a well, good guy. The part that gets me about their dialogue is when Biggs goes, huh, we're flying high these days, huh? <laughs> and symbolically think about that for a minute. They're flying high because they are right. This is, yeah. this was avalanche at their best at the peak. Yeah. But it's only going to go down from here. And like, a- I feel like symbolically, that's what that parachute descent is about. It's like, hey, yeah, avalanche peaked, but it's yep. it, it, there's only one way we can it's, go now, and it's, and it's down. only and it's down, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> straight down, ninety degrees. Uh, yeah, and then we, um, you know, we we get back to sector seven and uh, get a little bit of extra moments with uh, with Wedge. We find out his that he has three cats. Um, and I didn't write their names down, but I want to say that they're uh, Red Reggie. I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. Reggie, <laughs> Re- Reggie Bigums and Smalls or something like I that. Th- I think you're close. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Bigums, Reggie, and Smalls. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, uh, you know, they. Uh, it's just like such a nice characterization oh, my, moment. It's funny. And... It's bi- it's big, regular, small. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Until Me neither. <laughs> yeah, because that you know he's like yeah, Bigums, Reginald, and and, and Smalls. Smalls. Oh man, that's so good. God damn it! And that's, that's what so I mean. Good. So many of those moments, and this is what made this game such a rewarding experience. And this is what makes me look forward to further installments so much because don't get me wrong as much as i loved midgar like and we're talking about the original here as much as Mm -hmm. i loved midgar as much as i loved avalanche as much as i loved this introduction to the game the best parts of the game the best parts and best characters of the game are all in front of us yeah and and, and this was as fulfilling and rewarding as it was i can't imagine what awaits us down the line yeah that that's why i'm generally not uh, I'm not afraid of what's going to come next because I'm like, they know what they're doing. At least I would hope to they at this point so they know clear what they're doing. They know what they're doing. I, and I, it's I, like, I, I can't see how anyone could argue that. I mean, I even, respect anyone who could argue that, but it's hard for me to see, you know? Yeah, and, and even if they were going to do something any different, I feel like they would look at the reception that this game is getting and be like, all right, well, you know, we'll... And as they should, as any game developer should do, should be like, hey, let's take the things that were good about the the first one and just improve upon it in the next one, and and so on and so forth. So I'm ho- I'm I have no doubt that the at least the character, you know, the acting and the the story side of the uh, the future installments of this game are not going to be anything to be worried about. Maybe in the directions that they go, sure, but like the actual 
the 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 efforts and the sort of you know the framing and everything of that's going on i feel like i'm not worried about that particular aspect of uh-huh. the future games oh, and the combat too yeah that Which, that's obviously they, so, they nailed they nailed that right right the fuck away so yeah and <laughs> with I'm hoping, maybe maybe I'm hoping some... they add a I, really the only thing i would want them to add to that combat and obviously you can get more creative than this but mm-hmm. just add a fourth party member just make it four, right? Because I feel yeah. like Red Thirteen was, and the summons were almost like a test drive of how would an a, how would the AI, the NPC, not the NPC because they are playable characters, but mm. how would your allies AI react when there's four of you as opposed to three? I almost feel like right. they they kind of have some data on that through Red Thirteen and the summon. So I would love it if parties were four instead of three. But yeah, I'll take it, a three person party at this. It point, would so. be better moving forward because I, I definitely put some thought into this of um I I kinda I like how this entire game uh you know the way that it's sort of uh structured and framed is you know who you're fighting with, you know, your party's never gonna be bigger than three people regardless, up until the very end where you have more than you know, because they kind of do pretty good about separating everyone up to where it's like, oh, you're going to control these two people or these two people or, you know, it it's very structured in that way. And I feel like I want them to keep that sort of tight structure moving forward. And, you know, obviously I know people want to have like their, you know, they want to pick their, their favorite party or whatever. But I feel like for the sake of the game and the overall story, it would be a lot better if, and this is just obviously my opinion, it would be better if they kept it more, your party sort of tied to the story almost. You know what I'm saying? I agree 100%. And, and, and you know, and the best way, and the, the I felt more validated about that because I've been playing through Persona 5 Royal recently, and I realized, you know, once your party gets to the, you know, you have more people in your group than you can have in your party, there are just, there are characters you're going to le- neglect, Oh, like I, I had I had met I had several characters who just sat on the bench. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it would be a lot nicer if you know because you know in the later parts of Final Fantasy VII your party gets pretty sizable. Oh yeah, and, dude. You know, between, in, between and instead Sid of and Red and Yuffie and Vincent, it, it gets stacked. Yeah, and instead of sort of uh, having to account for all these different possible, uh, you know, mock, uh, you know group types you know say or variations of the group it would be a lot you know i think the story would be a lot nicer and tighter if it's just like the story sort of determines who's in your party and you know maybe here and there you know because like even in this game you know with the certain the vr uh sections and stuff you could pick your party and stuff but i feel like for the main progression of the story they should sort of keep it a little bit more locked down but then again that's my own opinion um and I know that you've said in the in the past that you know you would you want to see more con- you know you want to be able to control more of the characters in the world you know in like the overworld se- yeah, uh, segments I, I of the game. Yeah, I genuinely and maybe I'm a simpleton, right? But I genuinely would have a blast when I was controlling someone else, like when you're Barrett in the caverns and you got to shoot your path through. Or, yeah, and you that's know, you know, or- like I'm definitely a fan of those segments where it's like, oh, you're you know, your t- your your party consists of people that is not cloud basically. Cause like cloud is obviously, you know, the protagonist of the story, but in it, and it's nice when you, you know, you have the little moments where you're playing as Aerith or as Barrett, uh, you know, and you kind of, you know, you can still, um, you know, 
deal with them and you know they're fun to play as and everything and it's just different you know oh yeah it, it, but, it, it's, uh, just, it's just a different energy right it's like yeah playing as Aerith storming through Don Corneo's mansion was awesome because like she was just like walking in her little elegant way but then once the yeah. enemies showed up she was a fucking monster yeah who, and, who and summoned Aerith, lightning through the fucking roof yeah Aerith <laughs> Aerith is a fucking she's a beast in this game oh 100% for 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 no lack of uh you know for I guess for anyone to be like oh well she oh no one no one used her in the original because she knew they knew she was gonna die he's like oh she's a good healer but like no she brings the heat this time around she, in no, more ways than one fucking force to be reckoned with yes and just in in ter- just in not even just in story but in just in gameplay <laughs> you know just in using her as a character uh you know in battles is like she you know I m- miss the parts where she was part of the uh the party. You know, later on when she when she, you know, gets removed from the party. But um, I just uh, sorry, just uh, I want to just reel it back in real quick because I feel like we've been going on for yeah, this is def- a little bit longer is, than usual. This is easily our longest episode. So <laughs> and, maybe we should go on like a five, ten minute run and try to wrap this one up. Y- yes. And uh, yeah. So uh, basically, I mean, we're kind of at the end of the chapter anyway. So, yeah, um, yeah, we get back. We get back to Sector 7. Uh, you know, we're, we have we meet uh, Wedge's cats. And he, you know, Wedge, we, we already kind of touched on it before, but he, you know, uh, he shows us, you know, where Biggs and where Jesse live and, you know, kind of gives us a little bit more, you know, a little bit into Biggs being like, oh, he's an overthinker. And, you know, Wedge is like, oh, whenever he's, you know, concerned about something, I'm concerned. And, you know, it, it again, is just another sort of showing you another way of like, oh, these characters, they know each other and they they have that bond and that trust, you yeah. know, where they're obviously they're doing these, you know, they're putting their lives at risk for all this stuff. Obviously they should have some sort of camaraderie, but, um, you know, it just is more further evidence of that. And then, you know, he tells uh, cloud about Jesse and that, you know, the love, all the love stuff is just a game to her. Yeah, she's and she's just trying uh, to, she's just trying to play a part, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I, but I, I, love... I, I don't know. Did you bump into Biggs? On your way after you were at Jesse's I did. house, yeah. And if I you did. talk to him, he starts worrying about shit. Yeah, you and he starts it. overthinking. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, he's like, oh well, you know, you know, we uh, we got blown off course, and I'm thinking like maybe it's a, you know, it's a, a bad omen or something like that. And then Cloud's literally like, Biggs, shut the fuck up. It's like go go to <laughs> even though it's just funny because like even even though like as a player, if you've played the original, you're like, oh, Biggs. You know, don't yeah. you? You know. Um, but then after <laughs> but he, that is the scene you brought up earlier where we meet back up with Tifa and we reference the whole Nibelheim flashback where yeah. it's like, oh. you know, and it's a very, yeah. it's a very heartwarming scene, touching scene because, you know, you could tell Tifa really missed Cloud and she's like, are, are you going to yeah. leave Midgar? Are you going to leave again? And he implies he's going to stick around for a little he's bit. Like, he's and, like, yeah, I'm, I'm here to help you out. You know, we didn't really see, we didn't really see this attitude from Cloud. Up until this mission, until he, it's yeah. like he found his heart on this mission with Avalanche. You know yes, what I mean? That's, yeah, it's like he exactly, came back, exactly. Yeah, he came back to Sector 7 like a better man. And he was like, don't worry, like, I'm going to stay, we're going to figure this out, Tifa. I'll, He's I'll, just I'll, like, oh, it's, it's almost, it's almost like it took him remembering that promise to like, sort of like, oh, like it, like, you know, a, a light bulb went off in his head. He's like, oh yeah, that's why I'm here. Like. Oh, I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing this because I care about Tifa. And, you know, I made that promise to her all those years ago. 
And if and I, this if, is me making good on that. Let me know? ask you, if if I'm not mistaken, it's it's part of the lore, and I think this is included in the compendium somewhere. But you know, Cloud had a crush on Tifa from a very young age, and mm-hmm. you know, I think, and like, please let me know if you've seen anything like uh, that pertains to this. Mm-hmm. He wanted to join Soldier and be like Sephiroth, almost like as a way to impress her. You know, he had his own ambition, yeah, but I feel I, like a lot of it came from he was the outcast. There was no way for him to, like, get to Tifa because, like, she was really well-liked in the neighborhood. And Cloud was, like, yeah. you know, the outcast. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, if I'm going to be the outcast, I'm going to go be, like, the motherfucker. And remember, yeah, he's the one who summoned Tifa that to that place. She's the one, like, hey, what did you want to talk about? Like, he brought Tifa to that place to be like, I'm going. Yeah. I'm going to Midgar. I'm going to be a soldier, you know? Yeah, like, he, yeah, he, he you know made you know he wanted to like hey this is what i'm gonna do and then like you know and obviously i'm not Tifa's... just going for a job like all the other boys you know yeah i'm yeah, leaving yeah. to be the guy yeah i want to be just like sephiroth the big hero <laughs> the biggest hero that ever was <laughs> never did anything wrong in his life he did scandal free <laughs> Scandal free. Scandal free. Very rare. Very rare that you have a super overpowered hero person who war is not hero. War a piece hero. of shit. A Don't war forget hero. that. We'd all be speaking Wu Tai if it weren't for Sephiroth. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Uh, but um <laughs> I think But yeah, no, that's that's definitely um Yeah, that's de- I feel like I feel like that's a good point and I it's definitely the impression that I got playing the original. Yeah, I feel like that's that's what they were going for. Or and I don't know how much of that is my, you know, colored by my bias of like loving the fuck out of Tifa <laughs> <laughs> and like wanting that to be the the case. Um but, you know, I don't know. Like and we I kind of touched on it in the previous episode of like it seems almost as though that the canon relationship is, you know, it seems like uh, Cloud and Aerith are supposed to have their their thing, and like you know, there's like definitely like a love triangle they, thing. They going are on. because otherwise Aerith wouldn't be telling him, "Hey, don't fall in love with me." You know, it's like, right. "Hey, I know we get along really well. Hey, I know there's this chemistry." You know, but it's like, and I I, I know I have a weak spot for Soldier Boys. Exactly, but it's like, hey, we can't do this. You know, <laughs> no, I'm not. I ain't doing this shit twice, bro. <laughs> exactly, um, I ain't doing it again. But uh, speaking of, um, I guess what you would say, uh, foreshadowing, we mm. have the return of the whispers after we go yes. to bed with our talk with Tifa. And I think we've brought this up in other episodes, but this is probably the one of, if not the most important event of the whispers, because this is where they really let you know who they are. Yeah, this is. Yeah. If, if, if you didn't understand what they were when they were introduced in the, I don't think anybody did. Two. I don't think you were supposed to understand until this scene. Right. Yeah. Cause like, you know, they, it's kind of vague enough enough in the, in the, when you see them in chapter two, um, you know, kind of like, Oh, they're just kind of there and they're kind of here to fuck shit up. But yes, this is this is the time when you we, we really see them in action and like really what their purpose is. Um at least at least for, you know, I think any regular functioning person, but a a a, a lot of people had and maybe some newcomers, I don't mean to put any newcomers down. 
Um, I feel like a lot of newcomers didn't pick up on. Oh, this would, that's the thing. And look, you wouldn't know if you were a newcomer, you wouldn't know what they were doing until you were explicitly told because you wouldn't know that, you know, the, how the original line of events were supposed to happen. Ex- so exactly. Cause that's essentially you know. what we learned here is that the, the, right. the whispers showed up in order to injure Jesse to the point that cloud had to go on that mission. So to backtrack, the mission that we normally go on in the original cloud was not put on the on the mission. You know, Jesse was going to take his place and go on the mission with Tifa and Barrett. Yes, which which I mean, and if and if you think back to the original, Jesse going up on wasn't even a discussion. Like Cloud was on from the get go. Yep, exactly. I'm pretty sure. I, I, so I, like, I remember playing this and being so like I don't want to say confused, but I was like. Like, hmm, like something's, something's fishy. Something's fishy. Something's going and on. then this scene happened, and they bust up her leg, and now Barrett's like, all right, Cloud, you're coming on the mission. I'm like, oh. Like, ah, okay. Course and, correction. And, and that's why they were holding up and, Aerith in the center so that Cloud would meet her. It's like, now it's starting to make sense. Like, yeah, oh, and, they're and, here to try and keep things in line with the original and, to the best of their ability, right? They're, I Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I like how... Every time that the whispers show up, it's more and more like, hey, if you don't understand what these are yet, here you go. And it's like every time that they come back, it's very obvious, like what they're trying to do. Exactly. You know, or like what they're what the whispers are trying to do, I should say. Yeah. Whether um, whether it's making sure the plate falls where it's making sure Aerith doesn't fall over in the church. You know, whether, you know, the list goes on, right? Yeah. uh, Fucking uh, that Hojo doesn't fucking spill the beans about cloud. Exactly. What is this strange phenomenon? Phenomenon. (laughs) Oh, you weren't a soldier, my boy. Yeah, yo, I actually actually started freaking out when he started talking. I was like, Hojo, shut up. Hojo, shut up. Hojo, shut up. And the whispers came. I was like, good. That's what you're here for, right? Dude, we still got we still got fucking. 90% 90% of this game to go. Yeah, like, like come Hojo, on. shut up. Hojo, shut up. Then the whisper shut up. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, they definitely... Great. And then, yeah, they... They definitely... I feel like later on in the game, they're sort of beating your head... Beating you over the head. Well, with that... Like, that oh, and okay. that's the thing, is, like, I... I um There's a great guy. I feel like we're at the end here now, but there, there's a yes. great guy on YouTube. I guess I'll give a shout-out 90 minutes in. His name is Final Fantasy Peasant. Absolute joy yes. of a guy to watch. And I think he says it best. And I, I kind of agree with him because I agree with you that at this point in the game, it was so deliberate. I'm like, well, come on. Where is this going? Where you don't like the whispers. That's the thing. It's like, I don't no. think anybody likes the whispers because I think that's the point. You're supposed to not like them. So when you see the role yeah, come into full fruition at the end, and then when you sever yourself off from them, it feels right. It's like, good. I actually felt yeah, like you were holding me get back. Get the fuck out of here. Exactly. It's like, get out of the way. We've got, we got, we got an adventure to go on. I, I mean, they literally, they're literally framed as a hindrance. Like when we see them this time, like they're literally getting in the way and they're like, they're actively making things difficult. And it's like, okay, all right, can we please not do and this? And that's the thing. They're not even fun to fight. They're annoying. No, they're, they're definitely annoying. All the way to the end, and, as, it, as it turns out. And it's funny. This is why payoff is important, right? Because, like, let's say the Whispers pretty much weren't the final boss. Let's say the Whispers didn't come into play at the end. We would have left this game going, what the fuck was that? Why the fuck was that in my way? What, what is this going to mean in part two? But it's What like, are we doing? Exactly. But, like, no, we haven't. We, they, they, 
you know, they 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 had their purpose and they, pl- again, they played their something... role. We we made it in a circle in a way. The story of this game ended up being like the story of this game of are we going to be completely faithful to the original or are we going to allow ourselves some creative liberties? Now, it, yeah, and... it's obvious they made that choice from the beginning. It's not like they right. decided this at the end because clearly they made deviations. But in a way, it was kind of it was a visual representation of their resolve. For this... Yeah. And go ahead. And I was just going to say real quick, it's actually kind of perfect that we're bringing this up now because this chapter was sort of the first. I mean, we got a little bit of the stuff in chapter two with Sephiroth and stuff that was like, oh, this is not like in the original. Mm-hmm. But like this is this is the first like actual piece of content that was not in the original game at all. Yes. Like all this and all this, the mission with Jesse and, and Avalanche and meeting Roche and all this stuff was not in the game at all. And then obviously this whole stuff with the with the whispers wasn't in it either. But you know, like this was like the first major deviation from the plot of the original game, which and, he, and then again it wasn't even really uh it wasn't really anything. It was, it was almost like a, a it was step. almost like an undeviation. <laughs> yeah, kind yeah, kind of yeah. It was it's definitely like, hey, hey, get yeah. back in line. Like well, hey hey hey, dude, we don't want to you don't want to love these guys too much, or we want you to love them just enough. <laughs> we want to love them more than not at all. Exactly. Which is kind of how it was in the <laughs> with the original. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that wraps it up for us yeah, here on I Chapter mean, 4. If you made it all the way to the end, you deserve a prize. But Congratulations. We yeah, congratulations. Um, <sighs> we get to we do it again some. next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, hope you, you enjoyed this chapter. Uh, next week's episode will either be about Chapter 5 or we'll do a specialty episode like we've been doing every now and then um yes. you guys are awesome for listening you guys are awesome yes, for thank, following thank us. you thank you so much everyone for your continued support and i hope that uh you, you continue to listen to us more in the future hey couldn't have said it better myself so thank you everybody we will see you on the next one and let's mosey let's mosey <laughs>